Welcome to another episode of the Kid Stories Podcast. Today, we have a tale from the ninjas of Valleytown. In this story, most of the dojo has to work together to help out some friends they met in a previous episode. But they'll need to leave someone behind to keep an eye on Valleytown. This one is called Split Squad. It's written and read by me, Phil Bechtel, and I hope you like it. This morning was like any other. The ninjas gathered in the training yard after their morning meeting to hone their skills and learn new ones. Tim and Ray were practicing their archery, and Ben-Ben and Bulis were sparring. The team was especially interested in teaching Goose, the young wizard, their newest member, everything they could about keeping peace in the valley. Right now, Tatiana was teaching Goose how to use a bow and arrow. As Goose was peering down at the target, he saw a short, burly man rushing into the ninja camp. Ben-Ben! Bulis! yelled the man. Ben-Ben and Bulis turned just in time to see Gray, an old friend from the dark forest. Gray was sweaty and huffing and puffing, and he was so tired that when he saw Ben-Ben and Bulis rush toward him, he dropped to his knees. Gray, said Ben-Ben, what's wrong? Gray held up a finger and took a few slow, deep breaths. He stood up and began, The mist fairies need your help, all of you. Cave trolls have begun snatching up the fairies in great numbers. We don't know how or why, but something must be done. The fairies' numbers have dwindled, and we fear that soon they'll all be gone. Cave trolls? thought Ben-Ben. They're always just treasure hunters and thieves. Why are they taking mist fairies? I have some theories, said Gray, but we must go now to the dark forest and end this. All right, then, said Master Momo. We'll all go. Get to the bottom of this quick. Ninjas, gear up. Bring everything useful that you can run with. The ninjas scattered to gather their gear, and Momo turned to Goose. Goose, we need you here at the dojo to keep an eye on the town. Goose furrowed his brow and opened his mouth to say something. I won't hear any arguments about it. We need you here to patrol Valley Town. Gear up and head into town. Walk the streets and let the townspeople know they're protected. If anyone asks about us, tell them we're out training. We'll be back in a few days. Goose grumbled something about wanting to go, but part of him was excited to be left in charge. He went to his living quarters above the donkey barn to retrieve his staff and some other things and then headed into town. Master Momo watched as Goose headed down the path toward Valleytown. Do you think he'll be all right while we're away? asked Ben-Ben. He's a strong wizard, there's no doubt about that, said Momo. Still, let's pay a visit to Old Witch Tubes on the way out of town. Let her know we're leaving and to keep an eye on the boy. After Ben-Ben and Momo stopped at Old Witch Tubes's place and asked her to keep an eye on Goose, the whole gang headed north to the dark forest. Once there, they went directly to Gray's underground home to formulate a plan. Most of the ninjas were new to the Dark Forest, but Ben-Ben and Bulis had been there before. Months ago, the two ninjas traveled to the Dark Forest in search of mist fairy dust, and it was then that they met Gray and visited his underground home for the first time. The Dark Forest is, is a bleak place that is spooky and foggy, but Gray's secret underground home is bright and airy and comfortable. The group of ninjas gathered around a small table to discuss their plans for saving the mist fairies. Let's get started, 
I'm going to tell you what my plan is and see what you think, said Gray. I don't think the cave trolls are behind this. Cave trolls have lived in this forest for as long as I can remember, and they've never bothered the fairies much. They're more interested in treasure and weapons. I think someone else is behind all this. Someone is making them snatch up the fairies. How are they even finding those fairies? asked Momo. I always heard you don't see a mist fairy unless they want to be seen. Mist fairies are masters of hiding, said Gray. Whoever's behind all this must be using some kind of magic that is allowing the trolls to find the fairies. Here, look at this map and I'll show you what I know. Gray shared the location of a few different troll camps where the mist fairies were being held prisoner. His plan was for the group to split up. One group would attack the troll camps and free the mist fairies that were there. The other group would follow some trolls leaving a camp to see where they were taking them. Sounds good, said Momo. Tim and Ray, you're probably the sneakiest of the group. You're going to follow the trolls. The rest of us will free the trapped fairies. Now once you've figured something out about where those trolls are taking the fairies, meet us at one of these camps to regroup. Got it? The group all nodded and gathered their things. Once they reached the first troll camp, the smallest one, they lurked in the shadows of the bushes and tall trees outside the fence. After a few minutes of waiting and watching, the group noticed two trolls leaving the camp. One of them was carrying a birdcage with a mist fairy in it. Tim and Ray nodded goodbye to the rest of the group and began stalking the trolls. These cave trolls, like most cave trolls, were easy to follow. They tromped loudly through the forest without paying much attention to their surroundings. Tim and Ray crept about twenty feet behind them, staying low and moving silently among the massive trees. The two ninjas noticed that these trolls didn't say much to each other and were walking with their heads down, not even really looking where they were going. They almost seemed to be in a trance. Tim and Ray followed the trolls for a while when they stopped suddenly. They noticed that they had followed the trolls all the way to the base of the Black Mountains. You see, there were no hills leading into the Black Mountains. They began quite suddenly as a massive flat wall of rock. For a few moments, the trolls just stood and stared at the steep mountain wall. Then one of the trolls pushed the birdcage against the rock. It clanked against the stone wall, and magically, a large rectangular portion of the wall glowed a bright orange and then faded from view. The trolls walked into the opening, and Tim and Ray watched as the opening glowed and again turned back into stone. The ninjas crouched motionless for a bit longer, and then Tim turned to Ray. So there is magic at play here, he said. It looks like they're activating this secret door with the magic of the mist fairies. Whoever is really behind all this must be working from deep within the caves of the Black Mountain, said Tim. We should make our way to the second troll camp and meet the others there. Hopefully they were able to free the captured mist fairies and we can use them to get in that magic door, said Ray. Now while Tim and Ray were stalking those trolls, the rest of the group, Momo, Tatiana, Ben Ben Bulis, and Gray, were trying to liberate some captured mist fairies from those troll camps. The group quietly approached the smaller of the two camps first, hoping they could somehow sneak in and get the fairies without starting a fight. 
Behind a large cluster of thorn bushes, Momo whispered, Bolise, you should try and sneak in. We'll head to the main gate to try and distract the trolls. You sneak in over the cave and get those fairies out silently. Here, take this, said Gray, handing Bulis a small pouch filled with powder. Those cages are probably locked magically with a hex. This is hex powder. It'll take the spell off the cages so you can open them and get the fairies out. Without saying a word, Bulis nodded and crept to the back side of a large rock formation. The rest of the group slunk near the main gate of the troll camp. As Bulis climbed this large rock on the edge of the camp, Tatiana gathered stones from the forest floor. Momo saw her and she winked at him to let him know she had a plan. Meanwhile, Bulis was now lying flat on top of the rock, waiting for the distraction that would lure the trolls away from the fairies. From her vantage point, Bulis could see two trolls milling about the camp. The rock she was on was hollowed out a bit, and inside this small cave were tables filled with all sorts of troll treasure, including a birdcage and a metal box with holes poked in it. Now both the cage and the box were glowing gently, so she knew the mist fairies were in them. Tatiana and the rest of the group were well hidden just outside the troll camp entrance in the forest brush. She spotted a large brass bell atop a pile of stolen treasure near the entrance. She threw a pebble at the bell and... It made a loud, resonating sound that cut through the soft, rustling forest noises. The two trolls immediately snapped their heads in the direction of the ringing and walked over to investigate. Seeing her chance, Bulis silently hung down above the cave opening and dropped to the ground. She landed silently in the dirt as Tatiana tossed another stone at the bell. Ding! This dinging got the complete attention of the trolls, and they hustled over to the pile of treasure with their weapons drawn. One troll was peering into the woods beyond the fence of the camp, and the other stood at the open gate yelling threats to whoever may be out there. Bulis expected the fairies to be happy to see her, but they were too weak to be excited. She took out the pouch Gray had given her and sprinkled some dust on the cage and the metal box. The hex dust unlocked the containers automatically, and Bulis opened them both. She held the fairies in her hand realizing they were too weak to fly. She gently placed them in her hip pouch and crept through a fence and back out into the trees of the forest. Near the entrance of the troll camp, she stealthily joined the rest of the group, who were finding it difficult to keep from laughing at the trolls as they yelled angrily into the forest and inspected the mysterious dinging bell. Once the group saw Bulis, the smiles went from their faces. She looked angry and sad and concerned and determined all at once. Seeing and holding the weak mist fairies had made her aware of the seriousness of this situation. And without saying a word, they all started west, toward the larger camp, and more captured fairies. The group spent many hours lurking through the forest to the other troll camp. There were so many trolls patrolling this area that the group had to creep slowly, and it seemed to take forever to get there. Once they were close enough to see the troll camp, they found some thick thorny bushes to hide behind. Gray shared his plan for rescuing the fairies from this camp. The idea was simple, but dangerous. One group, Tatiana, Momo, and Gray, would be a distraction, while the other ninjas, Bulis and Benben, would free the fairies. 
Everyone knew this camp would be harder than the first. There were more trolls, there's more ground to cover, and everyone was expecting a tough battle. The group sat for a moment and caught their breath and composed themselves. They all peered through the branches and leaves to see the camp. Nearly every troll camp was the same. They would find a huge rock and carve a small cave into it, and then they would build a big fence around the entire area. They almost always kept tables in that cave, or right in front of it, and those tables were always filled with troll treasures like weapons and gold. Every troll camp had a campfire, and it was really messy. And this camp was just like all the others. Even from behind the trees and bushes, the ninjas could see the faint glow of cages resting on the tables near the cave entrance. There were four cave trolls in this camp, two more than the last one. The group sat in near silence. They could hear the trolls milling about, the faint sounds of grumbling troll conversations and clanking tools. After a few minutes, Gray took a deep breath and stood up. Even standing, Gray wasn't that tall, but he was clearly strong and sometimes a bit scary. He looked at the ninjas, nodded, and began creeping toward his position near the east side of the camp. Momo and Tatiana followed him. Benben and Bulis crept toward the large cave rock and waited there for the distraction. Near the entrance of the troll camp, Gray and Momo crouched. Partially hidden behind some large bushes, Gray said, All right, then. Let's be loud and fast. We need to draw all the trolls toward the entrance. Tatiana, if you see any troll lingering back near the fairies, shoot them with those crash arrows I gave you. That should anger them enough to lure them out. Then he smiled and looked at Momo. Momo smiled back. Normally these two wizened veterans of the valley avoided fights at all costs, but sometimes, especially when trolls were involved, fighting was the way out. And even though Momo and Gray had only just met, they knew they were kindred spirits. And they both knew that the thrill of battle was not to be missed. Momo and Gray walked out from behind the bushes, revealing themselves to the trolls beyond the fence of the camp, and before Tatiana could even knock an arrow, they screamed an incredible deep scream and thrust their swords in the air. They screamed at the trolls and then rushed into the camp. Gray had given Tatiana something he called crash arrows. These specialized arrows featured perfectly round balls instead of sharp points, and the meadow was special. When it struck someone, it gave them a hard jolt, almost like an electric shock. These arrows would be perfect for keeping the trolls off guard and distracted. They saw three trolls standing near the entrance and one back near the tables. Momo and Gray launched themselves into the troll camp, preparing to occupy those three trolls. Then they noticed three more trolls standing up from a sleeping position along the fence. Earlier from behind the trees, they couldn't see these trolls, and this meant that there were seven trolls, not just four. Ben-Ben and Bulis were a bit surprised by the war cry of Momo and Gray. From all the way across the troll camp and in the dense fog of the dark forest, it, it seemed both far away and wild. They noticed the troll near the treasure tables looked toward the action, but he didn't move. Ben-Ben and Bulis waited for him to be drawn into the fight, but he stood still holding his club. Then Ben-Ben and Bulis noticed the three other sleeping trolls get up along the fence, and even though Tatiana knocked them down with a volley of arrows, they were getting right back up. 
The two ninjas knew they had to handle this troll themselves. Ben-Ben unsheathed his swords and whispered to Bulis, Get the fairies. And before Bulis could say a word, Ben-Ben leaped down from the rock in a silent fury. Ben-Ben held his sword straight up in the air, and he came down right behind the troll standing near the tables. As he fell, he smacked the hilt of his sword right onto the head of that stinky troll. The troll didn't hear a thing and fell to the ground, holding his head in pain. Ben-Ben looked up from the ground to see Bulis already sprinkling the hex dust onto the three cages and starting to pull out the weak fairies. Ben-Ben turned to give the troll his full attention, and as the troll stumbled to his feet, Ben-Ben hit the troll's wooden club so hard with his sword that he chopped it right in half. He used the flat side of his other sword to swat the troll in the face and send him back down to the ground. Unfortunately, the ninjas near the entrance were not faring so well. There were six angry trolls lurching toward Tatiana, Momo, and Gray. Tatiana was trying to keep them at bay with her crash arrows, but she was running out. Momo and Gray were swiftly moving among the trolls, trying to knock them off their feet, but there were too many of them, and they were all closing in. Suddenly, the fighting quelled, and the trolls were backing the ninjas into a fence. Tatiana was out of arrows. Momo and Gray took defensive stances and prepared for the worst. Then a steady, loud voice said, Hey, this certainly isn't a fair fight, is it? It was Tim. The trolls and the ninjas looked over near the entrance of the troll camp and saw Tim and Ray standing there, wielding clubs of their own. Well, it is now, said Ray. And as Tim and Ray charged the trolls from one side, Tatiana, Momo, and Gray charged them from the other. A few moments after Tim and Ray had joined the fight, Bulis yelled, We got him! Let's go! And the ninjas all broke from their troll battles and rushed for the north side of the camp. Tim and Ray reached the fence first and jumped over it, yelling, Follow us! Tatiana followed them, picking up as many crash arrows as she could on the way. Momo and Gray went straight for the campfires, swatting burning logs all over the camp and into the cave with the treasure tables to keep the trolls busy while they made their escape. The entire group dodged the massive black trees and the thorny bushes of the dark forest as they sped behind Tim and Ray. Once they reached the wall of the Black Mountains, everyone stopped and instinctively hid behind the foliage while catching their breath. After a few moments, Tim walked up to the stone wall of the Black Mountains and said, There's a secret magical door right here. If we hold a mist fairy up to this spot, the door will open and then close behind us. You know the trolls we followed earlier? This is where they went. We need to hold up a mist fairy to this spot and crash these caves. Everyone was still catching their breath. They were tired and hungry. One tricky thing about the dark forest is that there seems to be the same amount of light no matter what time of day it is. Whether it's sunlight or moonlight, it's always dim, just dark enough that you feel the need to squint your eyes to get a better look at things. So no one knew exactly how long they had been battling on this mission, but they knew they were spent, exhausted. All right, everybody, take a bar, said Gray as he tossed everyone small dark rectangles that looked like granola bars. These are edible, asked Tatiana, smelling hers. Maybe not the most delicious things, 
but they'll give us enough energy to get through the next few hours, said Gray. The heroes all ate their bars in silence, listening closely to the forest around them. Bulis offered some to the fairies she was keeping, and they took tiny fairy bites. After everyone took a moment to re-energize, Bulis went to open the hidden door. She stood and walked up to the part of the stone wall that Tim referred to earlier. She looked back at the rest of the group, hidden in the forest, and took a mist fairy from her pocket. She held the fairy up to the wall. By this time, the fairies they rescued had gotten a little bit of their energy back. This one was standing in her hand, looking at the massive stone wall. Just like Tim said, a large rectangular part of the stone wall glowed gently and then faded from view. Bulis stood there, stunned. She turned around to see the rest of the group emerge from the forest, and together they all walked through the magic doorway. Once inside the cave, the door closed behind them, and everything was very, very dark. Tim and Ray were used to the darkness of caves, and they could see just fine, but the others could barely see at all. As Tim and Ray began to silently creep down the cave hallway, Bulis said, Wait up, guys. We can't see a thing. We need some light. And just then, a soft light shone from Bulis's general direction. It was a fairy standing on her shoulder. The fairy had crept from her pouch and crawled up to her shoulder without her knowing. We have light, the fairy said. Milu, come up here and make more light. At that, another fairy climbed from the pouch on Bulis's hip and up to her shoulder. She held out her hand and added to the thin flood of yellow light. The fairy named Milu took a lock of Boo's hair and twisted it around her wrist, using it to steady herself on her shoulder perch. Mind if we use your hair to stay up? I don't think I have the energy to fly for long, she asked Boo. Of course, answered Bulis. Everyone looked at Tim and Ray, and those two began again to lead the way. The cave hallway curved and jagged, and there were parts with small hills and other parts where the group descended deeper underground. Finally, Tim put up his hand to signal the others to stop. Everyone stood in silence and strained to listen to the sounds coming from ahead. Most of the group only heard soft sounds of shuffling feet and faraway clanking and maybe voices, but Tim and Ray were able to hear much more clearly. Their times spent in caves before joining the dojo trained them to have excellent hearing and vision in the confusing darkness of caves. Tim closed his eyes while he listened intently and told the group what he heard. There's, there's a large open room and, and there are multiple people. It, it sounds mostly like trolls. Sounds like, sounds like two coming this way. If we stay right here, they'll get to us in about one minute. Bulis, you and the fairies get in that crack in the wall over there, Momo said, pointing to an especially dark corner in the hallway. I'll be across from you. Fairies, can you surprise these two trolls with that light trick? Let us catch them off guard. Gray, you get my back, and everyone else hang back further in the darkness. Jump in if you need to. But they didn't need to. As the two trolls lumbered down the cave hallway, the two fairies shot bright light directly into their eyes as they walked by. The trolls growled and covered their eyes with their arms. Just then, Momo leaped from the shadows and thwacked each troll on the head with the side, 
the flat side of his sword. He moved so fast that the trolls didn't even have time to react. The fairies kept shining their bright light into the trolls' eyes, and as Momo dropped to the ground, he drove his shoulder into the knees of the trolls, and they crashed to the cave floor with a loud boom. The fairies extinguished their lights, and the entire group stood silently to see if the trolls would stand back up. Luckily, Momo had knocked them out cold. They'll probably wake up in about 15 minutes, said Momo. Let's see if we can get to this large open room Tim mentioned as fast as possible. The group continued down the hallway a bit quicker than before, until they noticed light shining from an area of the hallway that seemed to open up to a bigger space. The fairies closed their hands, extinguishing their lights. Everyone hugged close to the wall and moved very slowly into the pale light of a large open room. This room was just what Tim had heard, large and open. Candles were spaced all over the place, and the light reached all the way up to the very high ceiling. One by one, the ninjas crept into the room and found different areas of shadow to hide in. As they stood in the shadows, they all looked around, trying to figure out the room and formulate a plan. There were cages carved out of the rock on one side of the cave near the entrance. Some of the cages glowed faintly. That was likely where the captured fairies were being held. The center of the circular room was mostly open, with a few tables on the edges. And at the far side of the room were more tables and a large stalagmite. At the top of the stalagmite was a glowing gemstone. It glowed brightly and cast light all over the room as it floated just above the tip of the stalagmite. A completely different voice was coming from across the room. A deep human voice. They all noticed it. There were about six trolls in various places throughout the room, but the ninjas knew that they needed to target whoever was talking. The human voice. That's probably who was behind all this. As the ninjas crouched in hiding, they were craning their necks and poking their heads around stones and over tables to see everything. After a few minutes, they could see that this was not going to be a sneaky endeavor. Master Momo made hand signals that the ninjas understood to imply they should prepare for an assault and they should follow his lead. Momo was close enough to Gray to whisper, we're gonna have to do this the hard way. On three, Gray nodded and Momo whisper counted. One, two, three. At the count of three, Momo and Gray revealed themselves and let forth another massive war cry. The trolls all looked their way as the rest of the ninjas jumped out as well. The human at the back of the room, a, a tall man with, with a long purple robe, banged his staff on the ground and yelled, Get them! to the trolls. Every troll seemed to snap their heads in the direction of the man when he spoke, and they all immediately grabbed weapons and charged whichever ninja was closest to them. Gray and Momo were so fast. They were cracking their swords on the knuckles of the trolls, so they dropped their weapons. They went from troll to troll and either tripped them or cracked the weapon from their hands, and they were much too fast for the trolls. Tim and Ray were used to working together against trolls. They had a system where they'd get on either side of one troll. One of them would lure the troll away, while the one behind would trip the troll, and before he had time to get up, they were on to the next one. All this was very disruptive for the trolls, but the ninjas needed to get to the root of the problem. 
Ben-Ben brandished his sword and ran straight for the wizard at the back of the room. Between Ben-Ben and the wizard, Tim and Ray were fighting a troll and had just knocked it down. Ben-Ben ran full speed and jumped onto the troll's back as it was trying to stand back up. Then from there, he sprung through the air straight at the wizard. As Ben-Ben swung his sword down into the wizard's staff, the wizard blasted him back with a powerful, invisible force shot from his free hand. Ben-Ben was knocked back near the troll but got right back up and ran at the wizard again, this time finding Bulis at his side. The two ninjas engaged the wizard in battle and found he had impressive fighting skills. He was knocking away their sword thrusts and lunges with his staff. During their fight, Ben-Ben kept noticing the wizard glancing up at the glowing stone. The one that was resting on top of the stalagmite. Ben-Ben looked back at the room and saw the rest of the group struggling to maintain their energy. They were getting slower and the trolls were relentless. Ben-Ben figured if that stone were important to the wizard, maybe destroying it would turn the tide of battle and give them an advantage. Ben-Ben yelled, Tatiana, wreck that stone! Tatiana was one of the most skilled archers in the entire land. Not only was her aim impeccable, but she could loose an arrow so fast she was like a blur. Before the wizard could react, Tatiana had whistled a crash arrow right at the gem. When the arrow hit the gem, it smashed into so many pieces. The room shook with the sound of shattering glass, a sound so loud it was like a million glass bottles exploding all at once. Everyone turned their heads and shielded shielded their eyes from the glass as it shot all around the room. There was a pause to the fighting. The exploding gemstone had knocked the wizard to the ground, and the trolls seemed stunned. All of the cave trolls were shaking their heads and rubbing their eyes like like they didn't know where they were. You, yelled one of the trolls to Tatiana, you took our fart stone. Instantly, Tatiana remembered this troll from the mysterious caves near the crossroads. You see, weeks ago, Tatiana, Tim, and Ray had fought a few cave trolls and retrieved a stolen artifact for the town of Crossroads. But that was hundreds of miles from here. What are you doing here? Your cave is nowhere near here, yelled Tatiana. Everyone else was watching tensely during this conversation, holding their weapons tightly, ready to start fighting at any moment. I... uh, I don't know. What am I doing here? thought the troll out loud. You don't know what you're doing here? asked Tatiana. Do any of you know what you're doing here? For just a couple seconds, the trolls realized that it was like they had all just woken up from a deep sleep. They were all realizing that they really had no idea what was going on. This wizard, yelled Gray, who had stealthily walked closer to the wizard. This wizard was controlling all of you with the magic gemstone that he just destroyed. He was using the stone to make you steal mist fairies from the dark forest to give to him. The cave trolls looked into the corner of the cave and saw the fairy cages glowing. The cave trolls noticed the shards of gemstone still glowing, littering on the cave floor. Get them, you brutes, yelled the wizard, 
who was now standing and backing away from Gray. The trolls didn't move. The troll who was talking to Tatiana pointed his club at the wizard and yelled, You! At this, the rest of the trolls began lurching toward the wizard. For a moment, he tried to convince the troll otherwise. That's ridiculous. They're your enemy. You're making a mistake. Ah! But finally, he just turned and ran down a back hallway at the rear of the cave and disappeared. Those trolls all began running after the wizard, yelling and hollering. It wasn't long before the entire cave was empty of them, and the only sounds were the angry cries of the trolls coming from deeper within the caverns. We still don't know exactly what was going on here, said Gray. But I don't think that wizard will be bothering anyone anytime soon. Now let's free the rest of these fairies and get out of here. The group released the rest of the fairies, and with the very last of their energy, they all ran back through the dark forest directly to Gray's hidden underground home. Once in Gray's home, everyone flopped to the ground to catch their breath. Ninjas, said one of the fairies, I speak for all mist fairies when I say thank you, and we are forever in your debt. If you ever need anything, just let us know. Sure thing, said Momo. Same to you. Now we gotta get back to the dojo and check on Valley Town. And with that, the ninjas returned to the Valley Town dojo, tired, hungry, and ready to recover from this epic quest. The end. Thanks for listening to this episode of Kid Stories. Be sure to check out some drawings of the troll camps that I mentioned in this episode on the website. That's kidstoriespodcast.wordpress.com. And if you have drawings you'd like to share, just have your adult help you to send them to kidstoriespodcast at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening.